And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, bringing you news you can't get anywhere else from Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. I am Michael Graham with Inside Sources. Our intrepid reporter, Linda, Linda Stein, holds down the news editor's job. Linda, happy new year. How was your 2022? Oh, my 2022 was so busy. Thanks, Michael. How was yours? Nope. Lousy. <laughs> like the rest of America, my 2022 was lousy. The only reason it doesn't seem worse is because 2021 was so awful and 2020 was even worse than that. So I'm hoping that we will see some progress in a lot of different areas across uh, the southeastern corner of Pennsylvania and the entire Keystone State. One area, Linda, that you've done an outstanding job keeping an eye on is the uh, ongoing power struggle between parents and the officials inside the public school systems who seemed sometimes to have a difference of opinion about who should be running things. We had, you had a great story not long ago about uh, a, a school official saying parents should have no say, for example, over the materials that are in the uh, libraries at K through 12 schools, right? Uh, true. And th th thank you for, for vamping with that. That's I love. <laughs> you're supposed to go somewhere like let me tell you but that's okay because you've got two you've got two terrific guests to talk to us about uh how these uh these uh, uh battles are working out in the delaware valley so linda take it away okay so we have jamie walker and megan brock who are the two bucks county mothers who have been uh fighting right to new case right to know cases against Bucks County, uh, where Bucks County has uh, once again denied and, um, and filed a lawsuit against Megan uh, after the agency in Harrisburg approved her right to no request. And uh, both of them are parents who have been um, uh, fighting against masking and for um, um, transparent curriculum in their school district. Um, Megan, so what happened with Bucks County? Uh, what was the right to know request, the latest one about, and um, what are you seeking? Uh, I mean, the records request, but first of all, thank you so much for having us on, Linda, and I appreciate and love reading all the things you're doing, so thank you so much for She's, all you do. Isn't Linda just great? Seriously, yes. she does a great job on these yes. stories. Yes, everyone in, in the, the SEPA area should be reading her stories. I mean, I wish we could get it out to everyone because you, you do do a fantastic job and there's such a lack of perspective, in my opinion, in the media landscape in the Philadelphia area. So I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Um, but just to, to speak about the right to know request. So the five lawsuits that Bucks County has filed against me were all of all the requests have been asking for documents about why the health guidance in Bucks County was suddenly changed on August 31st. I mean, August 20, sorry, 23rd, 2021. Uh, if, if your re listeners aren't familiar with what's happened in Bucks County, we have a local health department. We're one of, I believe, only 11 of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania that have a local health department. And our local health department legally throughout COVID had the authority to create and submit and guide school districts on their health and safety guidance for schools. It specifically says that in our law that he had the authority to create school mitigation. So there's a lot we can unpack, but the story with the request was on August 23rd, the 2021, 2021, the Wolf administration wrote a very strongly worded letter to our county commissioners asking 
them to change the guidance that Dr. Damsker, our public health director had written and to basically make the quarantine and contact tracing, the testing, make that something that schools had to adopt. And uh, Dr. Damsker was giving students an opportunity to really have a normal school year. His guidance would have kept kids in school and the Wolf administration didn't seem to like that. And talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about the political character who got involved in this fight, because you keep pointing out this is the local health you know, official, Dr. Damsker, and yet oddly, a guy who worked in political campaigns somehow <laughs> was involved in issuing guidance. Right. So if people don't understand the history of Bucks County, Bucks County is a swing state in what was a swing, I'm sorry, swing county in a swing state of Pennsylvania. And so historically, we've had a two to three, two oh to one Republican majority. So for almost the past four decades, the Republicans in Bucks County have held the commissioner's majority. Now in 2019, for the first time in, like I said, almost four decades, the Democrats won that majority. Now the two Democrat commissioners are Diane Marseglia and Bob Harvey. And interestingly, one of the people who were involved in their 2019 campaign was a Democrat operative called Eric Nagy. Now, fast forward to 2021, the Democrat commissioners had actually hired Eric Nagy. I believe his, I believe his official title is something with director of policy, something like that. And we have evidence on that, that the, the changed health guidance. So Dr. Damsker had written this health guidance on August 15th. And then on August 23rd, the county released this new health guidance that, in my opinion, very clearly was very obvious that it wasn't written by Dr. Damsker, because if you've read anything he wrote, it just did not look like anything he wrote. And if you go back, he had not changed his health guidance for 18 months. He had put out health guidance on June 15, 2020, saying kids should be in school, which was very controversial at the same at that time. And he didn't change his guidance until he was asked to put new guidance out in August 2021. So for it to change so suddenly just was out of character. And the, the metadata on this document, so this document was a public document, downloaded it, um, we downloaded it, and it, it showed, the metadata showed that this, it was authored by Eric Nagy, this political right. operative who works for the commissioners and happened to be involved in their political campaign. So were you seeking in this latest right to know request um, the part about um, Democrats pressuring the commissioners to fire Dr. Damsker? Um, so I've been seeking documents. Uh, a lot of the documents I've been wanting have actually been asking for documents from Eric Nagy. Uh, but just, we just want to know who wrote the guidance definitively and to see why the guidance was changed. Now, I do have evidence that there, there might, may have been some money involved, that perhaps there was a threat. I and mean, I don't know this definitively. That's why I would like to see the records. Like we, I, one of the things I wonder is, did the Wolf administration say, hey, if you don't change the guidance, we're not gonna give you funding. I mean, those are questions that have really, have not been definitively answered. It's speculative at this point, but I do think there are some, some information that points to that may have happened. And we can also look back throughout COVID in May of 2020, there was, I believe it was Lebanon County where the Wolf administration said, hey, if you don't follow what we're doing, we're gonna withhold $13 million of funding. So it wouldn't be unprecedented if something like that happened. Uh, so that's just what we're trying to find out. Oh, okay. Um, so interesting what goes on behind the scenes and how they try to keep it hidden from the public and the press. I, um, I think one Jamie, of the, sorry, go ahead. Can I just oh, say one more thing? One sure. of the things that's interesting is that why did the Wolf administration and the health department contact our commissioners and not Dr. Damsker. Our commissioners, I mean, Diane Marseglia was a social worker. 
Bob Harvey was a teacher and uh, Gene, I believe he's been a politician for almost 30 years. You know, none of those office, none of them have a degree in public health. So <laughs> right. I think it's really interesting and frankly quite telling that the Department of Health decided to, the Pennsylvania Department of Health decided to contact our commissioners instead of, instead of Dr. Damsker. So that, that's another just kind of obvious question and maybe an obvious tell of what was going on. Uh, Jamie, uh, were, were your right to no requests along the same lines as uh, uh, Megan's? So what happened with my right to no requests? So what we figured out from a previous right to no request was that Commissioner Marseglia used a second email address. So publicly she advertised one email address, but then we saw just happened to come across that she was using a different email as well to respond to people. Maybe certain only certain people had that email address. So I asked for emails from that specific email address and they they do not want to give them to me. So on so like Megan said, we were always going after the truth on what happened on August 23rd because we, we knew that we just knew that Dr. Damsker didn't change that guidance because we followed the whole thing for so long. Um, what happened on May 12th, the county decided to file the, the appeal in, in common pleas court against me. The day that they filed that appeal in common pleas court, all of a sudden, Dr. Damsker put out new health guidance. So I don't know if it was a strange coincidence because no one heard from Dr. Damsker from August 17th until May 12th, the day that I, the day that the county decided to sue me is the same day he put out the health guidance. So that's a question that is, you know, should be answered. It's interesting. Strange. It's very, it's definitely interesting that all of a sudden he would randomly issue new health guidance the same day they decide to sue me. <laughs> and then they now, sued me, they sued me twice and then sued Megan five times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and you you guys have had to pay out of pocket for your own attorneys to represent you and stuff, right? I have. Megan, luckily, is being represented by Judicial Watch. They didn't pick me up as a client, but I, I've been paying out of pocket, yes. Now, no, I paid, oh, sorry, I had paid for a, another lawsuit, similar litigation with Montgomery County over right to no requests, but I am thankfully been covered by Judicial Watch. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the fifth lawsuit. You know, maybe uh, maybe someone can get like an attorney punch card or something. Because I, I think the thing that's really crazy about this is that this is not setting a good precedent. I mean, if anyone understands right to know, that's public records requests. And the whole point is that as a citizen, as a journalist, you're supposed to be able to have transparency with your government. And unfortunately, with the government is going to every time Harrisburg tells them, hey, you have to turn over these records. They are a part of the public record. If they're going to take private citizens to court every time that happens, it, in my right. opinion, completely undermines the right to know process. And then there is no transparency because normal people don't have access to millions of dollars, of, uh, millions of tax dollars, an entire legal department. It's you versus, you know, all these resources. And that's not a fair, fair fight. Uh, by the way, this is a good opportunity in case someone's listening who has deep pockets and is civic minded. How can people who want to help your cause reach you? 
Um, I mean, we really need to set up a go, GoFundMe or something for JV. Uh, I have one for my Monco litigation. I have not needed one for Bucks County because Judicial Watch took me on as a client. But we have some things in the work, and hopefully we'll get that, that link together soon. They can message. If somebody wants to help me, they can message me on Facebook. <laughs> but, you know, luckily, like, we're, I've just been paying it monthly is the way I'm doing it because I, I, I want to win. You know, I'm, I'm entitled to these records. <laughs> the government shouldn't be able to just use our tax money to take us to court to hide things. Right. And what people should also realize is what our commissioners are doing they are asking a judge to make the entire state of Pennsylvania less transparent for everyone. So whatever side you're on with COVID or politically, this is going to affect Democrats, it's going to affect Republicans, independents, because they want judges to make new rule laws for right to know requests because they don't want to they don't want to explain what they did, which they changed health guidance. So people just, I don't know if everyone can understand like how big of a deal this is. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So let me, um, let me pull up Linda real quick with just one, right off of that. Cause my question is always, we, we not, you will not be surprised that Delaware Valley Journal sometimes runs into this issue, particularly at the County level where people do not want to mm -hmm. hand the information over. And my question is always, well, why not? I mean, it's just information. It's just, you know, it's, it's emails, it's public documents, it's data, it's numbers. You know, you're in the public business. It's not like someone's coming to your private business and saying, Hey, we want to see what's going on. You know, what, do you, what do you got in your refrigerator? A lot of fat in there. You know, I mean, this is all, you know, you're doing your job. You're a public official. It's all public. When you ask the County why they won't just give you this public information, what, what is their answer? I, I'll, I'd like to hear from either or both of you. I mean, they said to me, I just made a public comment a few weeks ago, and they said their, their reasoning was they gave us enough documents. They don't want to give us anymore. So in like that theory, it's the same as we've been following the law for 20 years. We don't want to follow it anymore. So we are going to ask a judge to change it for us. That, that is what they're doing. They, they just don't want to give any more information to us. That is and unbelievable. I, I think another layer is as well is that, you know, Jamie and I have been going to commissioner meetings for over a year. And from their, their uh, from at the public meetings on camera, they have multi, in multiple times called us conspiracy theorists. They've accused us of wasting taxpayer money. Uh, we had one, our one commissioner at one time told us that if we really want to help kids, we should go help starving children across the world. Like they say these things that are just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Diane Morseglia had one comment, I believe it was January last year, where she said, people are telling us to ignore these women, but, but, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get them. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, in my opinion, a threat. I mean, they're saying this at public meetings. Yeah, yeah. Towards Jamie and I for making public records requests. I mean, the whole thing, it's just like insanity upon insanity. And there needs to be some accountability because I really don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, or independent. That's not how government officials are supposed to treat their constituents. And I think it's quite actually dangerous to have your government officials be mocking you when you give a public comment. I, I don't really think that's a good standard. No, it's, it's very, it's threatening is what it is. Like, you know, at one point I was a big supporter of the, our commissioners. I went on Fox news saying that we had great commissioners. Like it's not, this was not a political thing for me in any way. 
I went on Fox News like at the beginning of August 2021, and I said that they were wonder like they were great. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like Diane Marseglia came to Central Buck School District. She didn't use our names, but she gave a speech at um like some type of mental health seminar. Right. And she she basically what does she call us like? She, she said she we compared us to suicide. She said we were angry. There's these people yeah. who are very angry about COVID, and then compared um, compared these women who I, I assume were, were us to suicide yes. triggers yes. to a group like, of high schoolers at the district where JV's kids attend. Like, I, I mean, crazy. The, the the highest ranking politician in the county did that. I mean, that is, it's not you know, it's not. There, there's also too. I mean, my phone number. I discovered this this year that in August of 2020, I called, again, this is the public number. This isn't like someone's cell phone. I called the number that was on the Bucks County website to where you're allowed to, as a constituent, call if you have a problem or opinion. So I called that number and I left a voicemail just saying that I really think there needs to be stronger advocacy for kids to be in school. And what happened was I ended up getting a call from Diane Marseglia on my cell phone where she yelled at me for several minutes, hung up the phone, and then I come and find out she actually had the IT department block my block me from calling anyone in all of Bucks County government. And uh, I had wondered for a while why if I tried to call the county, I got like a, you know, no, no answer, but I'm a normal person. So my first thought was not, hey, maybe they blocked my phone number because <laughs> I wouldn't wow. have actually thought my government would do that. But sure enough, I dug into it and I have right to know emails where Diane Marsegula emails the person who was like the chief IT person at the time about blocking my phone number. They admitted it. They said that, that they were only trying to block me from calling Diane Marsegula, not the whole government, that that was a mistake. But they admitted that they blocked me from calling even emergency services for 18 months. And then instead of apologizing, they wrote this defamatory article about me in the Courier Times where they accused me of extensive verbal abuse now I have my phone records, which shows I had left one message and I had talked to one person from her office one time and, and that that's it. And, and again, this is her public, this is like her public government line. Uh, you know, it was just a total farce. I mean, there, there's no credibility to what they said, but instead of apologizing and being like, hey, you know, we, we made a mistake. We should not have blocked your phone number. They went on the attack. It just, the whole thing is just crazy. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It is amazing. <laughs> um, Jamie, I wanted to ask you about Central Bucks School District. You're a parent there. Yeah. And um, there was a, a recent article in the Inquirer that said um, there's a group organizing uh, progressive parents to push back against the Republican school board in, in Central Bucks, uh, education voters, Pennsylvania. And uh, basically, it said they don't like um, that that board wants uh, parents to be informed if the child wants to transition and uh, change their name and pronouns, or um, they don't like uh, an obscene or pornographic book that's in the school library. Um, what do you think about that? Okay, well, the district already had a policy that if parents want to make any changes to their child's like pronouns or call be called by a different name, you can change it, you know, electronically. So they're kind of like already a policy in place for that. Um, during the last school board election, you know, it was a very, it was a very, it was a hot election. You know, it was very people. 
it was tough. Like people were very rough with each other. Um, and what I've noticed is it's the people that didn't win or the people that were very pro keeping schools closed, keeping masks on kids are basically all the same people that are pushing for all these policy changes. It's, it's, no, it's nobody new in this. It's, it's basically all the same people over and over again. Um, they just don't like the Republican school board. That's just basically the bottom line. It went right from COVID to all this gender stuff, like, like, like a drop of the hat, it happened. Um, it, okay. And another um, thing is within 2019, the previous school board got rid of our library policy. So we didn't even have a policy in place the new board had to put a new policy in because there wasn't a policy in place. They took away the policy and then COVID happened. So something new had to be put in place. So in a way they're just using that as a political tool to try to make the school board look bad. And Meg, you found um, an obscene book at the Bucks County Library, is that right? Oh, I found a, just a, a documentary that you can rent that was, I found it to be very disturbing. What was that? Uh, it was called Drag Kids. And I, I watched the, I just watched the trailer. It was like a minute. And I mean, it, it made my stomach feel sick because you had these, it says in the byline, it says they're preteens, these children who were acting like in a very sexual, sexual way in front of a group of adults. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just firmly against any, anything that's sexualizing children. I mean, I don't think that's something that we want to normalize. And it was really surprising to see that the library was giving people access to that. Was it only in the adult section or could kids um, access it? You know what, it was online. So I don't actually know if there were any parameters attached to it. Um, but yeah, it, it really, I, it made me feel pretty sick just to, just to even watch the trailer. Did they take it off once you complained? No, I mean, they said that it was through, a, I guess, a kind of a third party provider. So um, I don't believe that it's taken down. I, I know that, I mean, from what I've heard, I mean, I think there's been quite a, a, a push to have that kind of content in the libraries in general, but they told me that it was a third party decision. I, I, I have not looked into it further. I haven't really had time to. Okay. Another push from the progressives trying to say that like, you know, the, the school board wants to ban books and do all this stuff is we, there was an RTK put in of all like the books that are in the libraries. There are plenty of books, you know, that discuss LGBTQ issues or books about it. So it's, it's not even what they're pushing and what they're saying, it's not even accurate. They, they just, we had to put a policy in just to make sure you know, inappropriate books didn't get placed in because there wasn't a policy. <laughs> I mean, they're just, you know, they spin the truth. So one last thing to ask you about, and thanks again for joining us here on the Delaware General podcast. Um, what is the response, not from the uh, school officials who are used to this kind of political, you know, fighting that you've been driven into and not from the activists, but from like moms and dads that you run into who find out what you're up to or you're at a whatever, maybe you're at a holiday gathering this year or whatever. And someone, you told someone about <laughs> the stuff that's in schools or the way that parents are being treated. What do, for lack of a better term, normal people, because let's face it, 
the fact that you do this makes you guys weirdos just right off the top, you know, because it's like people who follow the news like me, we're weirdo, you know, but most people just, they, you know, look at the headlines, they got stuff to do, they got jobs, they got kids, they got church, they got etc. What do those people think when you tell them what you're up to and what the response has been? I could say I was at a sports banquet for my daughter and one father came up to me who I didn't even know who he was. And he's like, he introduced me to his child. He's like, this woman is a hero. She got you back to school. So, you know, I don't expect those things. So that was very nice. I think most people, especially with COVID and everything, they wanted their children back in school. It was an overwhelming majority that wanted their kids back in, but nobody really knew how to fight it. And they were, you know, a lot of people don't want to step up, but I, I think a lot of people were watching. So they know what we did was good. I think most people are happy with everything that happened. <laughs> I think with the, the gender stuff, the transgender stuff that's going on in schools, I, mean, I think most people just don't know. Uh, they don't understand or know what, what's happening. And I think when people see or hear or learn about certain things, they're, they're very shocked. And it's not something people support. I mean, what's going on in Central Bucks with the ACLU claiming that the school having to tell parents about a preferred pronoun change is creating a hostile environment. I mean, I think most parents would say, well, that's kind of crazy because if my child was having a crisis where, where an identity crisis where they were going as far as wanting to change their name and their gender, I mean, the majority of parents are loving, caring parents who are going to want to support and, and help their child. So for these organizations to take this point of view that basically, in my opinion, kind of criminalizes and demonizes parents. It assumes the very, very worst of every single parent, when in reality, most normal people love their kids and they they want to support and help their kid. And now support and help their kid doesn't necessarily mean they want to take them to a doctor and right. you know go down a pathway that's going to cut the breasts off of their 15-year-old. <laughs> like I think most normal people don't want to do want to do that right so uh, I mean I think I think there's just a, a knowledge gap where people don't even really fully understand what's going on I don't well, think they do either you know well, COVID was in their face so it is fascinating Sorry. to see public officials saying explicitly uh, in the debate over who should have the final say parents or government employees it should be the government employees and uh, yeah. that's clearly what a lot of people believe and that's why you have you know politics you can figure out who's going to win that conversation but uh in the past that's been kind of a muted viewpoint uh today it seems to be more aggressive and it's something that needs to be debated and discussed so thank you both for joining us here on the podcast to debate and discuss it thank you so much for having us Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.